What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 52. I'm your host, Riley. It's been officially a year. It's pretty crazy to think about. Episode 52, been this doing this show for a year now. And on the year anniversary on the on the show, uh, we have some... I know I, I prefaced it last week and kind of teased it a little bit, but... Uh, it should be official in a come, uh, couple days, so we have some pretty big news that's going to be dropping later this week. Very, very excited about what's coming up down here, hopefully starting next week on the show. But the news should come uh, this week, within the next couple days, and then uh, it starts next Monday. So you guys will have that news hopefully later in the week once everything goes through, but very, very excited about where the show's about to go, um, where all the Twilight Nine stuff is about to go. It is going to be pretty damn cool coming up here. So very excited, a year anniversary. Uh, But yeah, be on the lookout for some news coming this week. This week on the show, uh, we got to recap Abe Answer, man. His first PGA Tour win did it in dramatic fashion. Uh, that was a tough miss to watch by Sam Burns on the last hole and the second playoff hole. That is a, that was just not only tough to watch, it's almost like awkward to watch because he was borderline walking that thing in and it was one of the more disrespectful lip outs. It wasn't a lip out that just, you know, catches a corner and still goes like pretty straight by the hole. That thing did a complete left-hand turn, didn't drop, Abe answer, in that situation, it's a little tough because it's his first PGA Tour win, so he gave like a pretty big celebration. It's tough to uh, like <laughs> have a celebration win when like the guy just like missed a a four foot putt. Like that kind of celebration always awkward. Like you want to feel bad for the guy, but then you just also won on the PGA Tour for the first time, so kind of celebrate how you want. But the kid, that was probably one of the bigger misses I've had since starting the Twilight Nine show was all last week I was just praising that this golf course, you needed to be really good tee to green. You needed to hit fairways and you needed to hit greens. And then if you catch a hot putter, you catch a hot putter. That's what we talked about all week on the show last week. And that's exactly what Abraham Answer does. And we bet on him all the time. Pretty much every time he's in the field, we usually pick him for like a top 20, top 30 finish. In the one fucking week, I don't put Abraham Answer on the card when he's in the field. He wins the golf tournament. So that is a big miss on me, especially when we were talking what we were talking about, what was going to be important at that golf course. So that's a miss. But it was really good. So we're going to go over everything. We're going to talk about Abe Answer, Harris English, which talk about awkward to watch. That was borderline uncomfortable to watch his back nine. We're going to talk about how big of a shithead Bryson DeChambeau is. Oh my God, I can't wait to get into that shit. Um, if you're a Bryson fan, which good on you if you're a Bryson fan and you're still a fan of this podcast because um, as you guys know, I, I'm i not his biggest fan. Um, and there's just so much to get into and I, I cannot stand that we have to talk about this guy anymore, but there he is again. We're going to talk about him, mention Cam Smith a little bit. We're going to talk about Rory. He had an awesome week. Uh, Thursday sucked, but everything else was really, really good. We're going to talk about him. The golf tournament in general was just really good. It produced a good leaderboard. Um, 
Sunday, it was weird. Some of the big names just didn't really do anything. Like, DJ never really made a push. I think he birdied 18 to shoot even for the day. Um, Will Zalatoris never were, went anywhere. Scotty Scheffler went backwards. Harris English went backwards. Bryson went backwards. It was very strange. Uh, so, but we're going to talk about the whole thing. TPC Southwind delivered. It is a really good golf course. It only got good praises from the guys, to completely honest. Every time you heard somebody talk about the golf course, it was a good thing. So we're going to talk about everything for the WGC. Then we're getting into uh, the Wyndham Championship this week. Uh, a little bit weaker of a field, not a bunch of big names. There's some. I know Patrick Reed's here. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is here. A couple of the guys are here. But if the guys are here, they're probably just trying to jockey for a position a little bit for the playoffs. Next week, the Northern Trust, Liberty National, the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs is next week. So this week is kind of just like a tune-up for that. Get some more points. Get points if you need to just get into the field. So we're going to do a full recap on the Wyndham Championship. The golf course is all right. It's another short one. Um, but if if it helps you get through this week in the Wyndham Championship, we have Liberty National, one of the most scenic golf courses probably in America to look forward to next week. So I don't really feel that bad about it. But first, the headlines, Nellie Corda. She is such a stud. Completes the USA sweep and wins the women's golf gold at the Olympics. She was incredible. Um, she golfed, just absolutely golfed her ball all week long. And then she gets to Sunday, has the pressure, makes a, makes a double on the front nine, then comes back and birdies, I believe, three in a row, wins the gold medal. Uh, her and Xander, unbelievable. So United States golf really has never been in a better position. And she has a chance to really make a run as one of the best female golfers of all time. Her swing is one of the best swings in golf, not women's golf, not just professional women's golf. I'm talking PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, Junior. Like she has one of the best swings I've ever seen. It is beautiful, but she gets the she gets the dub. Lydia Ko was right there, but she ended up kind of sticking around kind of in the same spot and winning bronze, but it was pretty awesome. If you guys didn't catch it in Tokyo, you definitely missed out because the girls went in there and played some fucking golf, and it was awesome to watch. Uh, PGA Tour-wise, Eric Van Royen, the man with the little pants. I can't stand his pants. I'm all about, you know, changing it up style-wise on the golf course and wearing whatever you want. Those joggers that he wears that are tight above his ankle, borderline like at the bottom of his calf, are some of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my entire life. But he gets his first win on the PGA Tour also at the uh, Bermuda. So that's awesome to see. It was all. It's always weird that they do the stable for there, so the point system is always a little bit di is a way different than you see. Uh, and just a regular stroke play event. So that was kind of hard to keep up with, but he gets his first win on tour. Pretty damn awesome. But that's it for the headlines. WGC wise, like I said, at the top of the show, Abraham answer gets his first PGA tour victory. He was four back entering the final round, had five top five finishes this season on tour, just this season entering the week. And like I mentioned, T to green, he's just obnoxiously sick. He's seventh in fairways and regulation this season on tour. He's 21st in greens of regulation this season on tour. And then to pair that with fantastic tee to green play, he's also 35th in strokes game putting. That is a rep. Oh my God. That was one of the worst pronounced words I've done on twilight nine. That was crazy recipe. There we go to win at this golf course. TPC Southwind, 
it was all about getting in position off the tee, hitting fairways. Then these greens were tiny. You needed to hit the right portion of each greens to give yourself a look. He did that all week. He also can absolutely roll it, and that was a recipe to win at this golf course, and I completely missed it. That was one of my biggest misses of the year. That is totally on my fault, but just a really good performance. Four back entering in the final round. Really ballsy putt on the second playoff hole, right? He sticks it to probably, I don't even, what, six to eight feet behind the hole. Burns comes in and hits it inside of Abe. Means Abe's got to hit the putt first. Left edge. Beautiful putting stroke. Brad Faxon tweeted about it after the round. But man, is that guy's putting stroke just perfect. Drains the whatever it was, seven, eight footer. And then Burns obviously lips out. But he left a couple putts short before that. The, his last hole of regulation, he had like a 35-foot bomb that he left right in the teeth, and he left it probably a foot short. And then he really didn't give a great effort on his uh, putt in the first playoff hole, and the comeback and really just nail that one was awesome. He's up to 11th in the world. He's above guys. He's ranked higher than Rory right now. Like He's above some seriously good golfers, historically good golfers. And... I got a question from TikTok. I want to see if I can pull it up here. I usually from uh, Luke Johnson on TikTok. Um, he goes, I don't know why there aren't many people on this train right now. What do you think this big win means for answers future? Um, the first step that I think, and he kind of already cemented this in Australia, but Everybody wants to talk about guys that are going to be on the Ryder Cup teams their whole future. Like, oh, this guy's going to be a Ryder Cup staple. He's going to help the Euro team, help the American team for the rest of his career win Ryder Cups. Aram Answer is going to be a staple on the President's Cup, and he's going to help every single time he is on that team. The kid is a stud. He does everything incredibly well, which brings me to my next point. A lot of the majors is about doing everything well. You need to hit fairways at the U.S. Open right? You just have to. The rough is too far that you can't really contend if you're in the rough all week, except for when foot, when everybody was in the rough. But his game is just so good. When you hit fairways, then you had to get greens. He does that. Almost, He's in top 25 on tour. He rolls his fucking rock. He's 35th in strokes in putting. His game is set up to contend, if not win major championships. This kid has been a stud for a couple years. He's in the mix all the time. He got the Sunday scaries happening a decent amount of the time. He was going through that kind of a little bit. He couldn't close on Sundays. Now that he is broken down and won a WGC event, this is not winning the Sanderson Farms. This is looking the top 70 guys in golf in their eyes and said, I just beat you. He beat Rory. He beat, like I just said, um, Will Zalatoris was in the top 10. Scotty Scheffler, DJ was there. Bryson DeChambeau was there. And he said, no. Hideki, the Masters champion, was in the playoff with him, and he got it done. His game is good enough to at some point contend, if not win a major championship, and I think this kid's game is just built to succeed for a very long time. He has just a natural-born swing. It came naturally to him, and it's also beautiful. He's so consistent. He's a fantastic ball striker. Abraham Answer is going to be a problem on the PGA Tour for another 10 years, and he's going to contend at majors, and it would not surprise me if he kind of sneaks in and wins like a PGA championship. I don't know if he has the length to win a U.S. Open because as we're going now, U.S. Opens are completely built around the guys that can hit it the furthest, and maybe the guy that hits one or two more fairways per, during the week is going to win that U.S. Open. 
it would not surprise me at all if he wins a PGA championship or maybe even an open championship. Open would fit Abe perfectly, right? Fairways, greens, and then if you roll it that week. I just think that he has the game to win that, and I think this was the so-called mention floodgate opening for Abe. I just think a lot of wins are coming in his way now that he finally got it done on a Sunday, especially against a major champion in Hideki Matsuyama. This is going to be huge for him. So Abe, congratulations. It's sick. We bet on you all the time. That is a complete miss on my part that the one fucking week you win, I don't bet on you. That's just on me. I don't know what to do. That's just on me. Hopefully I'll be better next time. But the guy that looked like he was supposed to be the champion wire to wire Thursday through Sunday until he hit what the sixth hole seventh hole was Harris English he was looking to win wire to wire it's only been done a handful of times at a WGC event I know Tiger's done it I think five times but he's also won like close to 20 WGCs so they those were you know those were meant to happen the back nine on Sunday, like I said at the top of the show, was borderline uncomfortable to watch. He was rushing, not thinking anything through. He was getting up to the golf ball. 20 seconds later, it was in the air. He was just really struggling to get it home. And it, he started doing it pretty much after the guys were put on the clock after Bryson's whole drop situation on six, which we'll get to in a second. But After the round, he even said that he felt rushed, although he didn't blame Bryson, which I give him a lot of credit for. But even during the during the round, a hot mic picked up, which I don't know if it was that hot because I think he said it pretty loudly that they wanted somebody to hear. But he said, man, I hate rushing. Like everyone that's listening to this podcast right now has probably played golf at some point when like you got a group of like old guys all in carts coming up behind you and they're just breathing down your neck and then you have to hit golf shot after golf shot not thinking about anything maybe picking up three footers and then rushing over to the tee box it is the most annoying feeling of all time and i cannot even fathom to imagine what it feels like to do that while trying to win a WGC event on a Sunday afternoon playing with Bryson DeChambeau, a notoriously so player who is now the reason why you have to play slow. Harris English is not like that like slow of a guy. I know he said that he doesn't want to rush through everything, but he also is like pretty, he gets it done. Like he's not one of the notoriously slow guys like JB Holmes on tour. That guy just plays. And I can't even imagine having to switch up your entire play style now that you are put on the clock. Um, but after everything, credit to him. I mean, he made a couple doubles, but he gets to 18 after par saving on 17. Get back to which was incredible, by the way. Then he gets to 18, hits great drive, stuffs it to I think 12 feet behind the hole. And I was like, damn, he might get into this playoff. And then at that point, if he gets into the playoff after everything that happened, you're just rooting for that guy to win. And then he hits maybe the worst putt I've ever seen in my entire life. It was a left to right breaker that he started what looked like outside right and hit it that it barely got to the hole. It was one of the worst efforts I've ever seen. It was probably like, I need to get the hell out of here. I don't want to be in another playoff. And it would have been the first three-time winner on on, uh, tour this year. So it's just a bummer. And... Yeah, like I said, I can't imagine being put in a spot where you got to rush the whole time, but that's what happened, and he didn't, obviously, uh, it didn't go over well, and he limped in, and that was all she wrote. So it sucks for him, obviously, Uh, but I mean, the dude's flushing it right now. He's another guy that just does a lot of things well, like there's nothing really weak in Harris English game, so 
excuse me, I'm sure that he's going to be up near the top of the FedEx Cup standings come Atlanta, and I'm sure he'll make a run because the guy, the guy just does everything really well. Speaking of his playing partner, Bryson, um, this guy, I fucking can't stand this guy. I don't, I don't want to get really into it because everybody that listens to this show knows what I feel about this guy. But before the tournament started, and for the last, actually, let me cover this real quick. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been a bunch of videos of Bryson aiming directly at uh, golf fans and then not yelling for. And it got to the point where like the media started like talking about it a little bit, and they're like, "Man, Bryson does this kind of a long a, a lot." And like the no laying up boys were kind of like, "Damn, Bryson keeps like doing this." And then he does it again this week, fires it right, and is like looking directly at it. It's not like he doesn't know where the golf ball is. And then he doesn't yell four. And then you got, uh, I forget the guy's uh, first name. It's a Molinari brother. Holy shit, I forget his name. But he tweets about it. Patrick Rogers tweets about it. And now you have other fellow PGA Tour pros like, dude, you have to yell four. And I get it. Not everybody yells four every single time. But if it was happening more with a certain, like with another guy, there would be video evidence piling up on Twitter like, hey, uh, fucking John Rahm doesn't yell four. But no, it's not happening with those other guys. It's like, oh, Bryson on a consistent basis isn't yelling four, which whatever. that Somebody's going to get hurt. It's not going to be, if he doesn't start doing it, somebody's going to get hurt. But I'm sure that with enough feedback, that'll get fixed. But this is the one, this is the stupid shit that came out of his mouth that got me. Bryson DeChambeau missed the Olympics because he tested positive for COVID-19. And he had this to say. He said, the vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent it from happening, which is true. You can still test positive for COVID-19 if you have the vaccine. It just like eliminates the symptoms and you're not going to die pretty much is what the vaccine does. And then he says, I'm young enough. I'd rather give it, meaning the vaccine, to people who need it. I don't need it. I'm healthy, young individual that will continue to work on my health. I don't think taking the vaccine away from someone who needs it is a good thing. My dad is a perfect example. He got it early on because he's a diabetic. People like that need to get it. My mom got it. I don't want to take away that ability. Bryson. The United States of America has enough vaccines to give it to every one of its citizens. You're not taking away the vaccine from somebody that needs it. The people that really needed the vaccine got it six fucking months ago. They were in level one They got the vaccine six to eight months ago. The vaccine is now readily available for any citizen that wants to get it because now everybody that really needed it already has it. So you're not taking it away from anyone. And there's also fucking millions of them. You're not taking it away from anyone. Just because you're trying to rationalize it to make yourself sound smart doesn't mean you're correct, you dumb fuck. Then he said, now as time goes on, If the vaccine or if it, meaning the vaccine, is mainstream, really, really mainstream, then yeah. The CDC reported this week that more than 90% of the COVID-19 cases in the U.S. and more than 95% of hospitalizations and deaths are among unvaccinated people. 
Bryson DeChambeau missed the Olympics because of COVID-19. John Rahm didn't win the memorial because of COVID-19. John Rahm missed the Olympics because of COVID-19. He said that he uh, was didn't have symptoms for a couple days, and then he like felt tired, drowsy, whatever. And then I think he was down like five pounds or ten pounds, and then he was also down like five mile an hour club speed or whatever. But he's a healthy individual and doesn't need to get the vaccine. Shut the fuck up, bro. I don't even feel like talking about him anymore. He's literally the worst. Um, so watching him piss down his leg for pretty much the second back nine in a row, if you count Tory Pines, him shooting a thousand on that back nine, and a thousand isn't even really like an exaggeration. He shot a thousand on that back nine. And for him to first of all, get a very fortunate relief, which I get, I don't really want to get into. And then to piss down his leg again was fantastic to watch. It was theater. It was one of the main reasons why I kept the golf tournament on. Um, so that was awesome to see. So shout out Bryson for giving me some entertainment to watch on Sunday and get the vaccine. You idiot. All right. Cam Smith. Uh, he was also in it down the stretch. Um, he needed par. Well, he didn't know this at the time, but as it turned out, he only needed a par 18 to get into the playoff. For some reason, he swings 135% on the last hole, blows the drive way right, borderline goes OB. He's stuck in the trees, and then he tries to hit the smallest of gaps. Solly had a great tweet about it. It was fantastic. And he ends up hitting a branch. It ricochets out of bounds. He ends up making, I don't even know, like a double maybe. I forget. All you got to do is make par, bro. It's a tough hole. It's one of the toughest holes on the on the golf course. All you got to do is make par. But, I mean, I get it. You want to win the golf tournament right there. I get it. But even, like, just pitch out from the trees, and then he's a good wedge player, a good iron player, just strike a good shot in there, and then try to roll in a 15-footer for par. But it was kind of disappointing to see. Uh, we had Cam Smith on the card, which he still got that bet for us, so that's good. And then Rory. Talk about our guy. He opened the week with a 72, and it was not good. He came out, he birdied his first hole, and I was like, oh, my God, he's rolling right now. And then after his first hole, he gave himself more than 10 chances. I tweeted it out, but I forget what the exact number was, and I tweeted that out before the last hole of the day. But he gave himself more than 10 chances inside 20 feet for birdie on the day, and he made one, and it was his last hole. He birdied one, and he birdied 18. It just wasn't, wasn't a great round. Um, but then, and it was like chunking chips and stuff, but I guess one of the golf, golf, golf time, uh, golf.com guys released an article. Um, he still had the old wedges in from the Olympics, which the bounce wasn't good enough for Bermuda. It was, he was just chunking a lot of stuff. So he switched out the, uh, the bounce on his wedges and his short game was actually pretty damn good for the rest of the week. Closes the week with three straight 66s. And to honest, it should have been way better than that. He was four under through nine on Saturday. He was five under through nine on Sunday. And he played those the second or he was even par on Saturday on the back. And then he was plus one on the back on Sunday. Just couldn't get anything going on the back nine. Was kind of making, didn't take advantage of that par five. It was tough. For the week, he was 57th strokes game putting, which is obviously not great. But he was third in strokes gain approach and first off the tee. His ball striking was insane. It was almost as good as like watching like 2014 Rory. It was borderline obnoxious. It was every single fairway with a three wood, with a five wood, with a driver. He was hitting every fairway. And he was going, he went back to his draw. 
after the U.S. Open, I guess he put in a slightly shorter driver, which I get, right? He was doing the whole chasing distance thing, get the driver down a little bit shorter. Then after the Scottish Open, he went a quarter of a degree less loft, which went which increases draw bias a little bit, went back to a draw. He said, why don't I do do it like I've always done it? Exactly. Um, I liked I liked the fade thing just because he was so underneath that a fade forces you to get over the line and hopefully it neutralize, neutrals out. And that kind of what happens. And he was in, he was swinging the golf club as good as I can remember in the last five years, him swinging the golf club. Every position was perfect. His tempo was way better and your tempo can be better when all, when the club is in good positions throughout the entire swing. You can just have good tempo. You're not forcing anything to a certain spot. If that Rory McIlroy shows up at the Northern Trust, shows up at the BMW Championships, shows up in Atlanta for the Tour Championship, I would not be surprised if he wins one of those first two events and then he's in the thick of it at Eastlake and you know that Rory McIlroy loves himself, some Eastlake Golf Club. I would just watch out for Rory, Rory McIlroy at Liberty National. That's all I'm going to say. Who knows? He's currently 25th in the uh, FedEx Cup standings. So as it stands right now, he is already in Eastlake. But if he comes out and has a couple top five finishes at the first two events, maybe even wins one of them, he's going to be right in the mix come the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, Speaking of Roy McIlroy, he was one of our bets. This week, we got fucked in the betting category. We had Roy McIlroy top 10 at plus 175 on FanDuel. Missed it by a shot. He turned it five under on Sunday. All we needed was for him to play even par golf on the back nine, and we made it. He couldn't make anything. Made a sloppy bogey on 13. Didn't birdie the par 5 16th after getting greenside in two. That That one hurt, so we missed that one. Scotty Shuffler top 10, plus 230. I, I marked this down as a win going into Sunday. He was comfortably inside the top 10, playing really good golf, to be completely honest with you. He looked really good. Sunday, he makes a turn at plus one. Still, I think he was like T7 or T5 at the time. That's completely fine. And then he doubles 11, bogey on 17, shoots plus four on Sunday to push all the way back to nine under. He finishes, I think, T15, not good. So that one really hurt. That would have been plus 230. Will Zalatoris top 20 for plus 150. We cash that for T8. Max Homa top 40 minus 110. This one stung a little bit. Uh, this one should have been easy money. He was six under going into the weekend playing with JT in the afternoon. Then he shoots 74, 73 to finish T51. That one, that one killed us a little bit. That was for minus 110. That was kind of our bet coming into the week where Max was, you know, he needed a bounce back. He looked really good the first couple of days. I marked that down as a win. I didn't even look at Max the rest of the week. And then I see him teeing off on Sunday. I'm like, oh, Max has to have like a decent day today for us to hit that bet. Not good. And the last one, Cam Smith, cashed that T5. So we were plus 280 on the wins, money back on the wins. We lost 0.2 units. So not great. Uh, pretty close to even for the week, though. I mean, if you bet 100 bucks on all those, you lost you lost 20 bucks for the weekend. So looking to bounce back, hopefully, at the Wyndham Championship. That one that one should have been a week where we won all of those bets, right? Scotty Scheffler just has to shoot even. He, he could have shot plus two on Sunday. We would have won that one. Rory McIlroy has to shoot even on the back after shooting five under on the front. Will Cash, Cam, Cam Cash, and then Max Homo was in the thick of the tournament entering the weekend, and then he shoots seven over. So... Or whatever. Is that seven over? Was it a par 70? Yeah, just not good. That should have been a week where we were counting our cash on that one, but that sucks. But we can jump into the win of championship now. Uh, like I said, the field um, is definitely not anything to write home about. I mean, there's some names in here, which is going to be cool. But like I said, for the FedEx Cup playoffs next week, this is going to mean a lot to a lot of guys. 
you got to jockey for position a little bit. So it's time to make one final push for these boys. A guy, for an example, Ricky Fowler. He's fighting to earn a spot at the Northern Trust. He has never failed to make the playoffs. He's been in every year the FedEx Cup playoff has existed when he's on tour. I don't know if he was before the FedEx Cup playoffs. I forget when what his first year on tour was. Anyway. He's 130th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. His last start came at the 3M Open where he tied for 34th. He's been playing some okay golf. He's like right back and he's making cuts but finishing in the middle of the pack. Hopefully, maybe in a weaker field this week, uh, he'll be all right. Patrick Reed won this tournament back in 2013 over a young Jordan Spieth. That was in a pretty intense playoff, if you guys remember that. Uh, he is in the field this week. He hasn't had his best stuff of late. His last top 10 or 20 finish actually came at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. So we'll see. Last year, he finished, I think, T9 at this event, so a top 10 finish. So we'll see. Other big names in the field include Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris, Tommy Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, and Bubba Watson. The golf course, Sedgefield Country Club, par 70, 7,131 yards. And it's a Donald Ross design, the only Donald Ross design that is a year-in and year-out staple on the PGA Tour. Donald Ross original, pretty damn cool. The weather, it is very hot. Tuesday is 89, partly cloudy, uh, 24 24% chance of rain below a 9. Wednesday, 90, 40% chance of rain below a 9. Thursday, 93, 20% chance of rain below an 8. Friday, 93, 24, 24, 24% chance of rain below a 7. Saturday is 91, 44% chance of rain below a 7. And Sunday is 83, a little bit cooler, scattered thunderstorms. 47% chance of rain and blowing seven. So the weekend might get a little dicey. We might see some weather delays on the weekend, which would suck, but we'll see what happens. This golf course, small undulating greens. It's Southwind has small greens for sure. This, this golf course is Donnie Ross all the way undulating greens, but they are very small. This puts a premium on your ball striking, your strokes and approach, your approach play, your iron play has to be really, really good. But pretty much your tee to green play has to be really good because to hit small greens tight to holes, you probably need to be in the fairway. So kind of just like last week, we're going to be looking at guys that are playing really well tee to green right now. And then hopefully we run into a hot putter. And then this golf course is also on the shorter side. So bombing it all over the place just isn't going to be overly important for the week. The last two winners of this golf tournament, Webster Simpson and Siwoo Kim, not exactly the longest pair. And Brant Snedeker's won this golf tournament a couple times. So like you just don't need to bomb it all over the place. It's a very like RBC heritage pretty much. Uh, data golf information, course fit. Number one is actually TPC Twin Cities, the home of the 3M Open of a couple weeks ago. Number two is Sherwood Country Club. Number three is TPC River Highlands, which is the home of the Travelers Championship. Trending, other players in the field, Louis Uzdez in his last three starts, T3, T2, and T17. Seamus Powers is number two, T8, T8 in a win. And Hideki Matsuyama, WD, T4, which came at the Olympics, and T2. Percent chance to win, baseline course history and course fit. Webb Simpson is number one at 7.7%. Hideki Matsuyama is number two at 6%. And Louis Uzdezen is number three at 5.6%. Some of the betting odds, courtesy of FanDuel this week. Webb Simpson is your betting favorite at 1,200. Hideki Matsuyama is at 15. Louis is at two. Patrick Reed's at 22. Willie Z is at 27. Brian Harmon, the little lefty, is at 29. Jason Kokrak is at 31. Sung J M's at 31. Russell Henley is at 32. Some bigger names. Fleetwood is at four. Matty Wolf's at 42. Adam Scott's at 45. Bubba Watson's at 48. Ricky Fowler's all the way down at five. And then you go down a little bit further. I mean, JT Posen's at seven. Zach Johnson's at 65. So those are some of the boy, uh, boys. Brant Snedeker is also at 55. 
Let's get into some players to watch this week before we wrap up the show for the week. I only have, um, I only got three guys. Obviously, there will be more on Tuesday when the betting article comes out. I'll have probably five or six bets for you guys, but we're only going to quickly go over three guys, and then we're going to get out of here um, for the week. A little short and sweet show. I don't feel great, if I'm going to be completely honest. But, you know, see if we can bounce back for the Wyndham Championship. It really sucked to lose that or to lose money at the WGC. I thought we were going to have a huge week. We had this guy on the card a couple weeks ago, but he had the WD because of a um, family emergency. But Hank Lebiota... He's just playing really good golf, so he's probably going to go back on the card this week. His last four starts was a WD, like I mentioned, T8, T4, and T5. Um, he did make the cut at that WD, so he was going to play for the championship over the weekend, but had to WD. Over that same span, Hank has hit fairways at a 67.42% clip, which is really good. We love to see that. Over his last 24 rounds, Labiota is 34th in strokes gained T to green while also being inside the top 10 in strokes gained putting. He's made the start at this event the last two seasons. He's made the cut both times. Neither of his finishes have really been um, anything to write home about. Like, it's just not been great. Um, that's all right. We like guys to be consistent. If you can make the cut, he's playing better golf than he has in a while. So we're going to just take that. Uh, let's see. Oh, and he's plus 7,000 to win if, you're betting, if you want to bet on him to win. Uh, one of the guys that comes to mind right away when approach play is the most important thing for the week, and that's going to be Will Zalatoris. He played well in Memphis. He's finished T8. Um, his back might be a little sore still, but... He's got a lot of motivation, which I'll catch on in a second. Last week, Will was 13th in strokes in T to green, 14th in strokes in approach, which was honestly kind of low for Will, and 9th in strokes in putting. That putting number is something that surprised me. He's 137th on tour this season in that category, so if he's starting to feel the putter a little bit, who knows if he just loved those greens, but if he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable with the putter and he continues to strike the ball like he has all year, he is going to be an absolute problem. Like I mentioned, the greens around this track are very, very small. It puts an emphasis on your approach play. It put em it puts emphasis excuse me, on your tee to green play. Will Zalator should eat this place up very I think I think this golf course fits him very, very well. If anyone has any motivation to win this week, it is Will Zalatoris. Due to his temporary tour exemption status, whatever it is, he's not eligible to enter the FedEx Cup playoffs right now, which is one of the stupider things um, I've just like seen in golf recently. Like he's been one of the best players on tour all season. Like he was what top ten at Wingfoot, uh, almost won the Masters. And he was in the PGA championship. He had a top 10 there. Like he just plays well in, in majors. He's been in the mix like a lot this season. And it just sucks that just because he's not a full-time member, like he's made a fuck ton of money this year. It's crazy to me. But if he wins this golf tournament, he gets into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So if that's not mo motivation, I don't know what is. So we'll see if Willie Z, we'll see if Willie Z can kind of turn it on for one week. We'll see what happens. And then the last guy, before I just go over some guys, just some names uh, quickly, Brian Harmon is our third guy that we're going to watch this week. He wasn't great in Memphis. I think he finished somewhere in like the T30s, mid-T30s, but he returns to a golf course this week where he's seen some success. In 2019, he finished T6. In 2020, he placed 20, uh, T27. In his last six starts, Brian has four top 20s, and two of those are actually top 10s. I was going over all his finishes for the year just to kind of see if he had the trend of like, oh, he didn't play well this week, but the, he bounces back really well, blah, blah, blah. Two things kind of popped out to me when I was looking at his recent finishes. At the Travelers, he finished inside the top five. And at the RBC Heritage, he, he finished inside the top 15. Well, you might think, why is that important? 
those are golf courses that are short. Those are golf courses that you need to, or especially River Highlands, you need to putt well. But you also, your approach play needs to be really good at those, especially um, at the RBC Heritage. You need to hit fairways and you need to hit greens. Those greens, I believe, statistically, are the smallest greens on the PGA Tour, the smallest greens they play all season long. And borderline every fairway is tree line. So you need to be in the fairway and you need to find those greens and you finish inside the top 15. So, even this golf tournament this week is going to have a weaker field than RBC Heritage does usually, which is saying something. But I think in a weaker field, the kid is still making cuts. Obviously, last week didn't have a cut, but he's still making cuts and just kind of in the middle of the pack. This week, in a weaker field at a golf course that distance doesn't really matter, the little lefty is always, 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 always a guy that you kind of want to pay attention to. If I was looking over some guys to target just quickly... Um, I mean, Jim Herman won, um, last year. I don't know if I put any stock in that. I know he was at the top of the leaderboard after round one of the WGC. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's tough to, it's always tough to bet on a guy like Jim Herman. I know he's really active on Twitter right now, but like, whatever. Um, Hideki is in the field. I mean, the kid's on fire. He's been in a playoff two straight weeks. He just hasn't won either of them. If you're going to bet on Hideki, there's just like no odds there to win plus 1500. You'll probably have to bet him top five to even make plus odds for him. So I don't know if you want to touch that. Patrick Reed's been a little iffy. I mentioned his name in the when we were going over the field, but he's just been a little eh, eh, so I don't know about that. I know Kevin Kisner has a top five finish here, which just isn't that surprising. We're in Carolina again, and he usually plays well plays well in the Carolina. So that doesn't surprise me. He's at plus 4,800. He's rolling his rock. He was even par going into the final round of the WGC and then shot 79, I think. So he wasn't playing all that bad up until the, um, the last round. I know his name was on the top of the leaderboard. I think at the beginning of day two, I believe he was making a little bit of a push. So he might be in some form, especially in a weaker field. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Gary Woodland was making some noise down at the Bermuda last week. What is he? I know I just saw his name. Am I making that up? No, plus 4,400. So he could be a guy. Kevin Nas, also another guy where you always like to pick a guy like that when distance doesn't really matter. Kevin Nas usually finds himself in the top 20 when distance is kind of taken out of the equation. And then if you want to do a feel-good bet, hopefully he can have a good last good start of the season to get a little bit better of a FedEx Cup ranking would be Ricky at 5,000, plus 5,000. Uh, always root for Ricky. Hopefully he does well this week. Um, just golf is usually in a better spot when Ricky plays well. So that's it. So that's it for the show, guys. Um, all the betting stuff, like always, will come out at some point on Tuesday. I know you're listening to this on Tuesday. So today, at some point, the betting stuff will come out. Uh, follow the Instagram at Twilight9Pod is the show. At RileyHamill underscore is my personal. So follow both, whatever. Um, make sure to send in questions. And then next week for the Northern Trust is when the uh, listener pick segment is going to start. So I have a couple guys in mind already that are going to send in picks or one guy is going to send in picks. And that's when we're going to start that. So be on the look for that if you want to DM me on whatever. And if you want to be on the feature on the show, we'll schedule that out. So let me know. And then be on the lookout for some pretty big news coming this week for T9, myself, and just the show related is going to be pretty awesome. But that's all we got for you guys this week. So enjoy this golf this weekend. Get ready for the FedEx Cup playoffs. And I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Peace.